What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another... <clears throat> Should have probably coughed before I started this podcast. Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast. This is episode 114. We are chatting once again with Dr. Jacob Reed of Renaissance Periodization and the University of Northern Iowa. In this episode, we discuss common mistakes um, that rugby players make, both amateur and more elite players. We also discuss pre- and post-game nutrition. We sort of delve into that. And we take a look at how you, can, you, you yourself, listening here, can develop yourself as a strength and conditioning coach. This, that chat actually ends up being like really good life advice in general. So Dr. Jake Reed is a very successful man, pretty low-key, but you wouldn't tell it from listening or from if you followed him on social media, for sure, is like 20 followers or whatever he has. Keeps a low profile, but he's a very successful and happy man. And we, we can all learn a lot from him. So... Why we listen to me giving more intro? Let's just get straight into it. This is episode 114 with Dr. Jake Reed. All right, we're going to move on to um, your, your, your current position now. You said you, um, as a nutrition coach and uh, with, you know, with a view towards strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a few more questions around that. So um, first off, I've got a couple questions from the listeners. So the first one, well, it's not really a question, but he just says pre and post game nutrition. And uh, obviously, we need to expand upon that a little bit more. So um, let's just let's just go with like, let's take some amateur players um, and just let's talk about some common mistakes that they make with their pre game nutrition. I think a big one is not eating enough. <laughs> yeah. And not not necessarily like oh it's an hour before I gotta eat you know I, I use I don't know if you watch The Office at all mm-hmm. but Michael Scott he's like carb loading <laughs> two minutes before he does his charity five <laughs> babies awareness that's that's not what we want to do <laughs> no it's um, th- what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're eating enough throughout the week leading up to training you're getting adequate carbohydrate intake for even an amateur. You might be around, if you're training one and a half hours a day, or one hour to one and a half hours a day, three to four days a week, you know, you might be around one and a half to two grams per pound of body weight just to maintain. Mm -hmm. So getting enough carbohydrate throughout the day and getting enough protein throughout the day leading up to that game. And so when you get up to the match, there's no question about, you know, do I have enough glycogen present in my muscles it's not like people somebody's going to ask themselves that but that's legitimately the biggest question is do mm-hmm. i have energy present to be able to do the tasks required of me um in the match and so if you if you eat appropriately throughout the week leading up to the match you're going to be golden um, obviously there's some timing components in there you know eat a lot more of your carbohydrates around the workout I mean, a little bit beforehand um, and then also afterwards to help facilitate glycogen uh, resynthesis mm-hmm. but um, glycogen being the stored carbohydrate in the muscle is primarily used heavily in um, you know a, the sport of rugby especially sevens um, yeah. and then you know leading up to the match maybe an hour or two before the game you know, you've got um, some something that's going to digest. It's not crazy. It's not like you're going to digest. You know, you don't know what it's going to be like for digesting purposes. You know, you don't want to be sitting having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the match. Right. Um, and so, whatever you know is going, it's going to sit well. Um, a decent amount of carbohydrates within that meal. Something that's going to digest relatively quickly. You know, you don't want to have a lot of fat as well. Um, that's going to slow that digestion process down. So things like 
you know, basic, a simple protein source, um, just bread, you know, even a sandwich of some kind. Yeah. Um, a sandwich them. is always my go-to. I love, I love, that's what I recommend for my guys. Oh, I absolutely love them. Yeah. It's so easy. It's super easy and it gets exactly what you need. You know, having the veggies there, it's important. You need that micronutrient after the match. Like you got to have all those things present in mm-hmm. that sandwich, but you don't want it to weigh you down, which is super independent for each individual. Um, you know, another thing that people might might be want to consider is caffeine intake, um, depending on how you respond to it, but it can have positive benefits. Um for the release of energy during your exercise. Um, so it's for, I, I have to look up, I, I don't have off the top of my head the actual recommendations for quantities. Um, mm-hmm. I did look it up recently, but that's one of those things I don't want to get wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> dose it too high and it's a bad deal. Um, no, I've actually had a friend that's had to, who was hospitalized because he, because they took the, I can't remember if they, yeah, they took the, they, they ordered from my protein. They just ordered raw ca- the, the caffeine powder. Mm-hmm. And then they accidentally, I think they took grams instead of like milligrams. Oh. Yeah. And they're in hospital, like with the shakes. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, you're looking at like 250 to 500 grams is the top end. Yeah. That, and I, and I, I wouldn't even go that far. <laughs> no. And actually, um, I've had to have a, a few harsh conversations with athletes before where they've said to me, you know, oh, I need to sort out my, uh, you know, my pregame ritual or whatever it is because, you know, I seem to be getting tired around 30 minutes and then 60 minutes into the game or whatever it is. And I'm like, this isn't like, this isn't like, you know, no, no offense, but this, this has got nothing to do with your pregame food. This is because you're not as fit as you think you are. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's such a common mistake. They're like people, yeah, it doesn't matter if you, if you, if you have a terrible aerobic system, it doesn't matter how many bowls of pasta you have the night before, you know, <laughs> well, that's spot on. Everybody loves the acute fix. Yeah. What can I do right now? To make yep. it better? Like, well, get a time machine. Yeah, exactly. The things you did six weeks ago <laughs> and, and leading up to that. That's what you can do right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. But otherwise, don't think about the things you can do right now to fix it. Think about what the task you actually have to complete. And if you're only limited to 30 minutes, make it good. And it's like, what are you going to do? That's all you have to deal with. And you have to have the hard conversation like you've had. It's like, look, you got limitations. Let's fix them. And if you don't put in the effort to fix them, it's like no, no pill is going to get you there. No amount of pre-workout yeah. is going to like make it work. And it's the same it's, thing with uh, an athlete I have who, you know, he wanted to carb. I, I talk with him each, every week and he's playing the best rugby he's ever done. And he stopped carbo loading with that one meal the not at the night yeah. because he gets a, because it makes him have a crappy night's sleep because he's feels so bloated and he eats so much food. I'm like, how about you just spread that out during the day? So you have four like slightly larger meals than what you'd normally have. And boom, all of a sudden you've got in all the extra carbohydrates that you need without like going crazy about it. But like you say, everyone wants that magic pill instead. Yeah. No, that that's spot on. Cause you can like the carb load, you know, I, like I said with Michael Scott, he did it all wrong. <laughs> Timing and all that there. Like you can do it and you can actually put more carbohydrate in your muscle than it normally would. You can super saturate carbohydrate yeah. by doing exactly what you described. And like that day before, yeah, have multiple bigger meals throughout the day, like in the mid in the morning through the midday. 
and then allow it to digest throughout the night. So you're not feeling full and like ruining your sleep. That's the perfect response. And that way you can also get it out of your system just by going to the bathroom the next morning. It's not yeah. sitting in you, but yeah. you're still topped off or then some with glycogen. It's a perfect approach. Um, and then after was the other one. Mm-hmm. So for the post, it's not a whole lot different. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's literally just eat food. Um, you can do pretty heavy amounts of carbohydrate. Like I like to set up my programming around how much they're going to get in a day and kind of um, stagger it out from around the workout. Like you spent like heaviest within an hour or two, at, ideally as quick as you can after the workout. But some people just can't stomach food. So, you know, within an hour have – a large bowl is carbohydrates. It might be like 80 grams of pasta or something like that. And then have a protein source because you need it to repair everything, all the damage that you just did. And then, you know, you just stagger it out from there. Protein should never change throughout all your meals. Like keep it the same. And then fewer and fewer carbohydrates throughout the rest of the day. Sure. You know, it doesn't need to be like a lot fewer. It could go like 80, 70, 60, depending on what time your match gets over. But, you know, stagger it around how much do i actually need on the day and then i'm going to get the most immediately after i'll probably have a decent amount beforehand and then how do i structure it you know throughout the rest of the day yeah and i think it's also i we touched on this last week with one of our players that it's not just a case of oh you've got to get your your post-game nutrition perfect because then you can you know feel fresh the next day like there's a good chance you're not going to feel fresh the next day because you just had you know, 100 kilo guys run into you nonstop for 80 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, yeah uh, it's not what it's going to do is it's going to make it so that by the time Monday comes, you might feel a little bit better, but your legs will probably feel a little bit lighter. You'll feel you'll be able to go harder and longer in practice. Mm-hmm. And the accumulation of doing that and going harder and longer or not longer necessarily, but just going harder and executing your skills appropriately and getting the tactics right over time is what causes change. Beautiful. It's not, it's not acute. It's chronic, and it's doing those things right day in and day out. And that right nutrition makes it so you can do practice a little bit better and with a little bit more intensity, and maybe you're a little bit more aware at the end of practice. All of that little stuff accumulates to major positive change, but it does take time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing I always try and say to even the players that I have that that aren't interested in gaining or losing weight. It still doesn't mean your nutrition, you don't have to care about it at all because it still does make, like you say, all of those little things that add up. Mm -hmm. And if you can just train that little bit better, do the little things that much better, you're going to be good. Yep. But it's not. It's not how you think. It's not the food just makes you better. It's 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 the same. Like it's, I guess it's similar to like when I, I was. If we talk about like the foam roller, how if you get on the foam roller, it's not necessarily the foam roller that helps you, but it's what the foam roller then allows you to do that helps you. So if you can, you know, if you're if you're all stiff and you can't sit into a full squat, well, actually spending a couple minutes on the foam roller can get you into a full squat. It's the squat that then helps you you know, with your mobility or your injuries or whatever, rather than the foam roller itself. Exactly. And, and it's the same thing for nutrition. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Let's, uh, we're going to get into a couple of common mistakes that, um, and you can just, you can just say uh, the most common, I guess, mistake that you see with like elite athletes in the gym. 
Um, have you got any thoughts on, on what you see from those guys? Training to failure. Yeah. Biggest mistake. Like, not like the defi- definition of failure being that I have forced rep where somebody is lifting it off my body to rack it. Yeah. And doing that day in and day out. That's the pro- like, that's a big mistake. It, it has a place. Don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, it has a place. But you should be nowhere near competition, and you should be nowhere near contact. Yeah. You to do that. That for me, that's probably the most frustrating thing is doing that and just like sacrificing technique to get the weight up or something along those lines. Like the technique, yeah, we have safety considerations with technique, obviously, but you have to imagine I'm doing this movement because it's causing a specific physiological adaptation. Mm-hmm. If I do a clean with bad technique and I bring my hips up too high too quick and I round and it's like it turns into a stiff-legged deadlift. The point of the clean is to move a moderately heavy weight pretty quickly to develop power. And if you're not using your legs to develop that power, it's an absolute waste. So why don't you take a little load off and get the technique right and I bet you move it faster anyway and then you actually develop more power in the process of doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 realizing that adding more weight to the bar is sort of like a means to an end. It's not the it's not the goal. It's right. it's just something that you need to do. And actually, what I found with like especially like the older guys because, um, well, you know, a lot of people once they're past their mid thirties or whatever, like they they sort of I don't want to say admit defeat, but they they stop trying to you know, chase the numbers that they did when they were in their 20s. And yeah. I found that these players actually make such better adaptations and, and they become that much better players because, as a result of the programs because they stick to them a lot better because they're not they're not fussed about exactly how much weight is on the bar and pushing it because they're not trying to impress anybody or, or, or meet their own ego needs. They're, they're literally just they're understanding what they're in for and that it's part of the, the whole process. Exactly. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Okay, cool. And... and uh, do you have any sort of common mistakes that you see with like the amateur side of things? So like just a regular dude that, uh, you know, like a weekend warrior, maybe they train for rugby once a week, but they play on the weekends. Drinking a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think in that aspect, it turns into more of a, you know, if you're only doing one or two days a week of training, what, what, what is your objective there? Like you, you don't have to worry about recovery at that point. Yeah, um, you might as well go pretty hard in the weight room, but how are you structuring your training session? You know, what's what 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 is the ultimate goal of it? Are yeah, you training for hypertrophy. Like, is it off season and you're trying to get bigger? Well, you should re- rethink on if your active two days a week is actually enough. Um, and if it is, well, what how what movements are you doing? Are you just doing a bunch of leg extension and leg curl, or are you doing you know squats and deadlifts and cleans and rows and pull-ups and the like, like, how is this organization? And let's assume that, like, okay, you chose the right exercises and that you're getting the biggest bang for your buck for however much time you have. How, what kind of balance do you have? Are, are you pushing and pulling with at least similar volumes? Are you, like, from a row and a bench standpoint, are you doing shoulder presses and pull-ups? Are you doing deadlifts and squats and stiff-legged deadlifts and good mornings? Like, where where is your balance here? Like, if you're only going two days a week or, or one day a week, like, 
train hard, but make sure that you're getting everything addressed in that given amount of time. Don't spend excessive volumes trying to, like, you know, 15 sets of 15 or something along those lines. Yeah, or seven different chest variations. Exactly. Like, the literature is coming out. It's like 10 to 15 sets per week for almost all muscle groups. 10 to 20, I mean. That's pretty much right. Yeah. So if you go twice a week and you do five sets of four different exercises or six different exercises, guess what? Now you're at least 10 sets a week and for all major muscle groups, and you're getting some adaptation there. But they better be pretty big movements, and your reps should be within the range of whatever your goal is. You know, lower if you want to get stronger, higher if you want to gain weight. Like going in and doing like a bro split, you know, quote-unquote bro split of leg day, chest day, arm day, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's for bodybuilders, advanced bodybuilders. That's, gonna, that's what I was going to say. It's for bodybuilders that don't even want to progress because even those guys, if you're going in three days a week, you're still probably way better off doing full body sessions. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, the old bro split only works if you're training six days a week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But like that's it. Like Have your balance. Train within the loads and reps of whatever goal you're trying to achieve and pick big movements. Don't like don't go with small stuff. Like just be really, really um concise about the programming. Yeah. I think I, I just wanna emphasize though two of the points that you sort of really made there that I think are the most important that you, like bigger picture wise is first off, most people don't even think about what they're doing in the gym. They just go and they just do other stuff that they see other people doing. They just do stuff. And you, you already said like, what's your purpose? What is your purpose? Because even if you're in there like, like once or twice a week, that's still a commitment that you're making. Like for what? If, cause if, if, if you're not really making a commitment, like why waste that time? Why not just stay at home and, you know, catch up on some reading or do, do something else with your life. Cause, exactly. Cause you're not, you're not getting anything out of it. If you're not really make, if you're going in there without any intention. And like, I think that's so important. And then um, also what you said about, you know, if you are going in twice a week, it, like, or, 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 or you know, maybe three times a week as well, like be realistic with that. Like, don't think, Oh, I'm going to, I can, I can, I'm going to make it in six times this week. I've only ever made it in once a week for the last year. And for some reason, I'm going to start today on a chest day and it's all going to work out perfectly. Like, be realistic with what you're going to try and do. Yep. <laughs> I have clients that have asked me, oh, can I have an extra day just in case I want to go to the gym? Like, sure. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you your arm day. That's fine. And more often than not, it doesn't happen. Yeah. It just doesn't. No, it never does. And, and, and that's it. And so... You know, being realistic and being really thoughtful with what you're trying to do is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how, have you got much longer? Because I, I wanted to. We had one guy asking about a career in S and C, and I thought we, yeah, if we have time. That. We yeah, great. Um, so yeah, he said like, so got the question of like, how should one begin a career in strength and conditioning? And I think like, it's very difficult to answer that question because there are many different roads to do that but i figured mm-hmm. i you know let's get your input what do you, what what would your uh what would you recommend for for this guy to do jake well first up you, if you don't have a master's degree it's going to be really hard mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's absolutely going to be hard um, you have to have the masters and then one of the big two um strength and conditioning jobs uh or certifications i'm sorry in america anyway 
um, the CSCCA or the NSCA certifications. Um, personally, I would love the UKSCA <laughs> to be recognized more often than it is because I think it's a fantastic certification that actually tests people's true abilities. Um, yeah, yeah, like you actually have to coach people as opposed to answer a test. Yep, and you have to have a program, and it has to be mm-hmm. cr- critiqued. Um, but you know, after you do those two things, especially when you're getting your master's degree, volunteer your time. Um, you know, the master's degree it's it's one of those things where you're going to find that you have a lot more time than you think you do, and you can decide: Am I going to like go and work and get a job, supplement my income, which is totally legitimate? A lot of people are choosing to do it. But if you're going to do that, you should probably plan it around, how can I spend time in the weight room? Um, Get to know the staff, get to know the players, and just be there as somebody willing to help. You know, I I always say that in in S&C, the the easiest way to get a job and to keep a job is don't be a dick. (laughs) It's it's serious. It's so true. No, it's so true. I absolutely agree. It's, It's so true. Like, the amount of people that have jobs that you would argue that it's questionable and surprising, it's because people like them. They're a good person. Yep. If people like them, and the, if people like you, you're more liable to get to have somebody say, hey, you know what? I heard so-and-so has an opening at this job. I'm going to put your name in for it. And it, tur- it turns the video interview into something that's, you know, people are going to recognize it right off the bat. Oh, this is truly a genuine person. They're really excited, like – you know, it's they don't seem to have an ego. That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, and so it's literally it's just being there, being having humility, and just being pleasant to be around. You know, I, I've been with people that really smart strength conditioning coaches, but couldn't talk their way out of a paper bag. Yes. They they don't know how to communicate with an athlete, so it's like athlete comes up to him, why am I squatting? Just squat. I'm telling you to do it. Like, well, no, like tell them why. Like we're in an age of people that want to know why they're doing things. Like we should know why they're doing it. Yeah. And so let them know, educate them. And and be able to explain it in their terms. Exactly. It's like, you know, it was um, like with uh, baseball, for example, why do I need to squat? I'm playing baseball. Well, you drive through your leg to be able to swing the bat. You want to have a heavy bat? You better have strong legs. Like, obviously, you got to hit the ball, but yeah. once you do, you know, it helps to have strong legs and to be able to make that kind of connection. So, honestly, you know, get, volunteer your time, be polite, be pleasant to be around, and, you know, be there. Just be there. If you're supposed to be there at 6, be there at 5.50 or 5.45 or 5.30. Ask, oh, what do we need to get set up ahead of time? How can I be of help? To you, it's the same thing I did when I was with USA Rugby. Like, how can I be of help to you? What can I do to help you? Not what can I add? Like, what do you need? How can I? What can I do? Let's go. Like, what's? What? Where are our needs? What needs? What holes need to be filled? Yeah. You have attitude, and you're there all the time, and you're just pleasant and happy, and you're not complaining, and you're not making excuses, and you're just have a hard work ethic. You're gonna be fine. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think with that with that being there and, and, and offering to help, it's that's where it becomes crucial that you don't do it with the ego. You're not like, Oh, I can do this better or or do you want my opinion? Like, no, like just say be as humble as you absolutely can be, be a really nice person and just say, Hey, what can what can I yeah, what can I do to help? Like where do you need me? 
and just be a good dude. It's it's yep. it's, it's so true that it opens up so many doors. Whereas, and again, yeah, it's the ego. I think you know. I, you don't, you don't go into it don't go into that help as a chance to show off how much you know or show off like what an expert you are just help just help yep. and trust that your own expertise will be enough once you get there exactly like bide your time seriously just bide your time don't rush things you know that's where an ego comes in kind of like you were talking about it's like they ask you to help all right what do you need me to do and then do it and then when people start asking you questions and like, oh, why are we doing this? This doesn't make sense. Don't start talking behind people's backs. Like say, you know what? I'm not 100% certain this is why I think it is, but let me go and figure it out exactly. Yeah. Like, be there for whoever it is. You know, a big reason why I got the A&M job is because yep. not only did I know the right person, because that's a big deal, but they also knew that I could, A, do the job and that I would be pleasant to work with. That I that it would be a good working environment, and a lot of people underestimate how important having a good working environment is for longevity. And if somebody's in a career position in their career where they plan on being there for a while, they want to have a good working environment. They want to enjoy coming to work every day, because S and C allows a lot of that to happen. But it also has a lot of stress associated with it. Yeah. The last thing they want is an intern or some young kid coming in and ruffling those feathers when they are when their job could already potentially be on the line just because of who they are or what they're doing. Yeah, and even if you think you know better, like understand that your place that when you get to the top, that's when you can change things. You can't mm-hmm. can't change things by constantly cre- or or even better potentially think that because you're the youngster or because you're you know you're the one that's helping out like try and see things have empathy and see things from their point of view because obviously if they're the head coach like something's working and yeah absolutely Absolutely. yeah man the the other thing i'll add to that is be willing to learn uh you're going to come in with preconceived notions about certain things and you're going to see things that you probably don't like and that you don't necessarily agree with but internally think okay why don't i just don't why don't i agree with this what do i like about it why do i like it because the more things you can observe and apply in your own programming the better you're going to be in the long run rather than being somebody that just drinks the kool-aid and just does it wholeheartedly full on like because you know that's just the way it is and this person is amazing in the field and they've had all of this success that doesn't mean that you can't be your own individual. Like, think for yourself, be polite about it, ask the questions, and be willing to learn from others. Like, I learned a lot from having conversations with my colleagues when I was getting my PhD. It's mm-hmm. because we'd sit and talk, talk shop. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Pros, cons. Here's how I'd implement it. Here's what I do. And you do end up learning so much more and have such a more broad viewpoint of what's going on that you become better in your job because then you can start to react to different things as they come up. Yep. Absolutely. I, I learn every time I interview someone on this podcast and I'm, you know, some I'll do like, I'll do around half of these podcasts. I end up doing on my own because I'm the expert. But really when I, when I have someone else on, I, I learn so much cause it's just a different perspective or, mm-hmm. and, and it really does help. And it's like, that's, you know, you ne- never stop learning. You never yeah. can stop learning. That's awesome. All right. Um, yeah. Any any other things about a career in S and C that you want to touch on that you think you might have glossed over, or I think we gave a good. Real good I think we did a really good job. I will say one thing. Kind of goes in line with the learning, and I just thought of it. Um, we're tribal in nature. 
as human beings. Uh, we generally tend to believe and follow the people that were within our tribe, and those that disagree with us are considered evil and wrong, and everything they do is incorrect. <laughs> um, don't be that person. Yeah. Actually, like from a willingness to learn, it's not only it's learning from like your the people around you, but put yourself step outside your comfort zone a little bit and learn from somebody that you don't like. Listen to somebody you don't agree with. But you 100% are like, I think you're wrong, but I'm still going to listen to you so that I can learn and either reinforce why I think you're wrong or maybe I didn't quite understand that. Like listening to podcasts like you were just talking about, that's what made me think of it. It's like I love listening to them and to people that I don't necessarily like agree with, but it's an alternative perspective that can make me better. So that that was the last last thing. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's so true. And, and usually what happens is, you know, um, you, you can get a lot of round tables and stuff and people who have all these different, apparently massively different opinions. And really, you, you, when you actually sit them down together and discuss it, or if I sit down and discuss it with someone that I disagree with, usually it's either just we interpret the words a little bit differently or there's, you know, just a little bit of how we how we see the things on the surface that are different. But deep down, everyone, you know, all the experts usually have the same sort of line of thinking. That's so true. Or it's just you know you're on a, you're on the same spectrum, you're in the same area of the spectrum, but you're just slightly different. And it's not no one's got wildly different views. Nope. Like you know we just got you, you, you we were just like categorize it slightly different on the surface, and then that's what gets the headlines, or that's what you know people take away from it. When really the bigger picture of everyone, really every expert I've known in the field, is very much the same. Yep. And so yeah, cool. Beautiful. All right, there you go. You got a beautiful. You got a career. Listen to that advice over and over again. You got yourself a good career and strength and condition. Hopefully, um, cool. Our last question. Our last four questions for you, Doctor Jake. This is a little bit of a quick fire round. Um, favorite food. Oh my. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be super specific. Yes, um, please, because I hate the cop out answers, and I give them myself. <laughs> there is a barbecue restaurant in Memphis. I lived there for two years. Um, called Central Barbecue, and they have um, barbecue nachos on their menu. They are with pulled pork. They're hands down those, but they have wings as well. And you can order off the menu their honey gold sauce, which is the sauce they compete with. And whenever I'm there, if I'm near Memphis, I'm going there, I'm getting honey gold wings and barbecue nachos with pulled pork. Hands down, no doubt. Best favorite food. That's, that's that's it. That is super specific. All right, yep. let's it's see if I definitely not something to have after a match, or <laughs> uh, before a match. Uh, favorite supplement? Uh, caffeine. Yeah, I like that. Um, favorite gym lift? Oh man, you know it's evolved over time. But I think right now it's probably the pull-up. Nice. Oh, I haven't had that one yet. And then final final question. Uh, World Cup is later this year. Rugby World Cup in Japan. Who's going to win it? Uh, i got to say USA. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, awesome. It's called it now. 
I like it. So yeah. there's yeah. Hey, they're gonna they're gonna pull it off. They're gonna pull off the big upset. They're doing well at the minute. I, um, they are sevens is where we're really firing all, on all cylinders. Yeah, every every American I get on a podcast, we have the same discussion about how it's now expected of them to you know be in the gold medal match at the minute. Like that's how 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 well they're doing. That's it's only a few years removed that they won their first ever one. Yep. No, that's so also awesome. it's yeah skyrocketing yeah man and it's only growing the game and making it better mm-hmm. exactly all right uh dr jake so if people want to follow you do you have any social medias or anything that you'd like to plug or if they want to find out more about you or work with you i do have social media but i'm gonna be perfectly honest i don't use it <laughs> i'm well aware i, I tried to i looked yeah. it up before and i was like ah, oh, this is this is even this is just as bad as uh dr james's <laughs> It's funny. So I've done a couple of these podcasts, and everybody's like, "We try looking you up on social media, and there is nothing." Hey, we that's bliss. Nothing from you, and that's kind of my goal. Is so like the government literally knows nothing about me. <laughs> but um, honestly, I'm much more of a like I prefer this kind of conversation. Beautiful. Um, having face to face, or as face to face as you can get. Um, you know, through email is probably my best approach. It's just um, jacob.reed at uni.edu. Um, it's my university email. Um, I'm checking it every day. Uh, it, it's really, it's the best way. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm RP Dr. Jake. Um, I have Facebook. I don't even use it. Other than <laughs> when I, like, I'll open it up and look at it, but there's so much negativity there that it's just, I just don't even... Um, I use Instagram primarily to educate myself because I the people I follow. Yeah. Um, and I don't even use Twitter anymore. So uh, sorry to say it's tough to follow, but I'm – No, I like that. So if you want more information, just shoot you an email, I yep. think. Spot on. Yeah, I'll put the email in the show notes, and that's great. Like, it's refreshing, though, because, you, like, you don't, like, have to have a social media in these days. You can still get on and be fine. Like, we existed without it absolutely fine, what, 12 years ago, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've gotten everywhere that I've been because of the personal relationships that I developed yeah. with A&M, Renaissance Periodization, even getting into East Tennessee State, getting in, getting my job at UNI, the, the, that is what has gotten me to where I am. I know that that's not necessarily the way things are going to go, but... Uh, it still can be. It's still absolutely an option, I think. It, it absolutely is, so... Yeah. You just got to make sure you surround yourself with the right people. Beautiful. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. And, um, yeah, guys, you can email him, and I'll, I'll put the email in the show notes. And if we can get enough interest, we'll, I'd love to have you back on because this has been awesome. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. I sincerely appreciate the time. Yeah. I could go forever. <laughs> Beautiful, because we'll, we'll probably have you on forever again. All right. All right, take care, guys. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really do hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure that you're subscribed so you can get every single future episode delivered directly to your phone without any sort of hassle whatsoever. If you'd like to win some cool free stuff, then you can go ahead and go give us a five-star review, ideally on iTunes, but you can use whatever podcasting service you do to give us a five-star review. Right now, we're giving away a three a free three-month subscription to Team Rugby Muscle. That's our flagship strength and conditioning program where you can get world-class strength and conditioning delivered directly to your phone so that you can make the most amount of progress in the simplest way possible. And last but not least, you can download 50 free conditioning sessions just by visiting rugby-muscle.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one.